Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don. Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the great introduction, as always, and to our gal Mike Regina for the wonderful intro music. It gets us hyped up and pumped up for another great show for everyone. So, it's been a while, so let me just bring in everyone's favorite. Let me welcome him in. JT, Jimmy Thompson, how you feeling today? You see, the first thing we're not going to do is we're not going to share blame for why we haven't been on in a while. I feel like you need to tell people why there's been a hiatus. So if you did know, we, we love doing this show, but this guy is also going to be the coach of the year for some program one day. So... He's, he's just out there coaching every sport he can to a championship from JV football to what is like six-year-old soccer. Like he'll coach any team. He's that competitive. There's no fantasy sports going on right now. So this is how he gets his competitiveness out by just coaching any team he can and just trying to win a championship. Doesn't even matter. It doesn't even have to be a championship. If it's like a ribbon, he's coaching for that. So that's why we haven't been on. This guy's out there trying to be Nick Saban. And I mean, honestly, I can't knock him for it. Do your thing. Listen, I don't know what you're talking about, but one thing I am competitive at is in this podcast, beating you every time in our opinions, in the debate. So let's let's get oh, see, to now it. You might need time off. You, you might need a psych evaluation. <laughs> so now you're just talking nonsense. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. And let's start with your Miami Heat. Do we have to? We have to. We have to. You're wearing the hat. You've been wearing the hat. I'm wearing the hat because I get sick and tired of you complaining about any time I don't wear a hat from Miami. And then you you go in the tens of millions of group texts that we're in and be like, oh, yeah, JT doesn't wear his home team. So every time I do wear it, you still got something to say. I can't win with you. You want to throw on the Ravens hat? It's in there. No, no, please don't. And we, we do. We never see you with a Marlins hat, a Canes hat. A I, Dolphins hat, so a Heat a hat. I, I didn't I even know you had a Heat a Marlins hat. hat on one show. That's a nice like, oh, this guy shows up with a Marlins hat to like a basketball show. See, you're just never happy. See, this is how competitive you are. You just complain about everything. Hey, but let's know, talk about the know, Heat. That is a nice Heat hat, by the way. It is. It was expensive. So, JT, your Heat lost in seven to the Celtics. We did. Celtics won game seven on the road in Miami. So the first question out the gate is did the Celtics win it, meaning the series, or did the Heat lose it? Everything in me wants to say we lost it because Jimmy Butler (laughs) had a – we're going to talk about that too. He had a questionable moment at the end of Game 7, but I'm going to give credit where credit is due. The Celtics, they really won it. And if you think about it, Every, and I text you this every time. Every game that we played against them, it seems like we were always down by 20 at some point. And I'm like, I don't know what we're doing while we're starting off so slow, whether we're at home or on the road. I don't know what's going on. 
but sometimes we're able to come back and sometimes we don't. And I think that had to do with Boston doing things wrong more than the heat being a, being that much better than them. So I just think Boston being streaky and scoring and shooting kind of allow us to get back in some games. And then we had Jimmy Butler, so that helped as well. But definitely I think the Celtics are more to play in, you know, coming out victorious than anything that Heat were doing. It's just they were just clearly a better team in this situation in this series. Man, we're starting off the show agreeing because I've got to agree with you. Because how did I mean, even if you want to put it on the Heat, I don't see how an argument can be made, right? Like it wasn't like they were up 3-0 or 3-1 in the series. It wasn't like they were up 20 points in any game and blew it. It wasn't like they were up at the end in game seven and blew it, like by some miracle, like mishap, right? So the Heat didn't lose it. So by default, the Celtics won it. Like they played well enough in certain, most of the time, especially in certain stretches in game seven to win it. The only, because if you even look at it, you could almost say the Celtics lost it because they couldn't close out game they couldn't close out the series in game six at home when they were up three games to two. So it's definitely the Celtics won this series. I think yeah. just by, just by default, just they by played default. so well. I felt like every game I watched was like, we're down three, one. Like that's, that's how we had to play right. at certain points of every game. Like right. we're down 20. I'm getting text messages every game. And I'm just like, well, this is the way we're doing business right now, so I can't even worry about this game until midway through the third quarter. Right. And you just you can't live like that. That's Russian roulette. Well, I know one time I texted you came at the end of game seven, and that was the Jimmy Butler decision with, I believe, a little less than 30 seconds or around 30 seconds. Yeah, I think seconds. it was less than that, yeah. Yeah, less than 30 seconds, 98-96. Celtics had the lead in the fourth quarter of game seven. Jimmy Butler comes down. Shoots a three, possibly could have taken it to the to the bucket as you texted me about. So, was that the right move by Jimmy Butler to to shoot the three instead of either get into the offense or go to the bucket and get a and get a two get a two point bucket? So Jimmy Butler shooting the three in that moment was absolutely. And I know it's, everybody's like, "Oh, you're playing Monday morning quarterback. It's hindsight." No. You taking a guy in Jimmy Butler who's not known as a three-point shooter, and then he's not going to do the one thing that's been his bread and butter in the whole playoffs, which is going to the hole, drawing contact, finishing through contact, and finishing at the three free throw line for a three-point play. I honestly think the reason Jimmy Butler pulled up for the three instead of going to the basket was he was like, I'm dead-ass tired, and my body cannot survive overtime. And I think that's why he did that. He was like, let's get this game over. If it goes in, we got a a really high chance of winning. Because if you look at that play, the only person that was looking at him was Al Horford. He was already in the back pedal. So if you're a guard, especially one that's as talented as Jimmy Butler, you're like, oh, this is easy. Like, I'm just going to blow by him, hopefully draw the foul, and it's going in. Like, nobody else was looking. I know some people are saying, oh, Jalen Brown was in the help position. Go look at the replay again. He wasn't even looking. Like, it was Al Horford, and Al Horford knew he was in trouble. And Jimmy Butler let him off the hook. He pulled up for a three when he's not a three-point shooter. So definitely think that was the wrong move. But I can't blame him. I mean, we've been riding him into the ground for three years, even more than Coach Tibbs did. So he was like, look, I had enough. I'm trying to get out of here. We're going to live and die with this shot. I 
totally disagree with you. Finally, finally. I get to Damn, disagree we haven't disagreed you. in 20, over 24 hours. So I, I, I just wanted to make sure you're you're alive, you're human, you're not sick or anything. So go ahead, give me the disagreement. So you bring up an interesting point where he was tired. He didn't want to go to overtime. More of a conspiracy theory with it, and I'll start with that, is maybe he didn't want to go to OT because he felt they could not win it in OT, and this was their best chance to win, which, if that's his thinking, I do agree because then you got to look at the rest of the circumstances. You talk about Horford backing up. JT, just because he's backpedaling, Horford's taller, more of a rim protector. Now Jimmy Butler has to go to the rim where there's possibly more help at the rim, and you've got Horford who can block his shot. Horford, when Jimmy Butler attempted the three, Horford was at the free throw line. In the NBA, that is like the from like Europe to North America. Like that is a wide gap for are an you, NBA are, player. Are you, are you just trying to make an analogy that it's, it's plenty of space by NBA standards? Exactly. Working your analogy, like you got to be, you got to be quicker, man. Come I, on. I know. I it just didn't come out right. But plenty of room to get that three off. That's an open three. And in the NBA, but he's not a three-point shooter. JT, it doesn't point. matter. You're, you're forgetting. You're thinking like us. You're thinking after the fact. This guy's an NBA all-star who has, like you said, carried the team the last three years, has made three-pointers in this series throughout the whole playoffs. Open three, game on the line. He wants the ball. He wants that shot because he's he an NBA. No, like no doubt about. It. I get what you're saying. Like NBA players should be able to make open shots, but he's it an is, NBA All Star. He's an All Star because he goes to the rim JT, and finishes. No, see, it's not just that. It's not just that. Oh, he's an NBA guy. He should make it. No, he's an All Star. This guy's a dog. He's an alpha dog. He oh, believes sure. he can make it. He believes he can make it. He wants to make it. He wants the ball at the end. He wants the three instead of the two. I see nothing wrong with it here because if he makes it. Everyone just says oh, it, continues, <laughs> it continues the legend of Jimmy Butler. So to question him, if it was a contested shot, he was at the line on on the break, pulls up. If he was, you know, you know, halfway, like if it was a half court shot, pulls up inside the half court. Yes, I would agree with you. But well, yeah, here, if, you, if it was under thirty seconds and he pulled up a half court, of course, it'd be a totally different right. conversation. So. That's I why on I, this, I agree with Jimmy Butler. I want your opinion on this because you just, you know, immediately threw my response into the conspiracy theory bit. I like how you did that. See, you introducing all the questions and kind of controlling the flow. Allows yeah, you to control, control the, the narrative. narrative. Exactly. You got to learn to control the narrative. Exactly. That's how sneaky you are. But I will say this. You want to talk about conspiracy theories. How much do you think, really, should we blame Dwayne Wade for texting this man? Was it before game six? <laughs> Before and going, uh, you know what? This is your chance to build your legacy <laughs> and continue. You know, that's, that's like getting a text from Kobe. Like, if, if Dwayne Wade texts me before, like, a game six or a game seven, I'm like, I could do anything. D-Wade, believe in me, I'm, I'm the real deal. You feel like Superman. Yeah, I wonder if Dwayne Wade's text message was in the back of his mind, like, oh, this is what D-Wade was talking about. It's time, <laughs> to be a, it's time to be a Heat legend. And he's like, all right, I see it. And then it was like, Nah, man, it's a bad idea, man. Maybe. I, you know what? That, that's, that's my answer. I'm blaming Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is the reason we lost that game seven. All right, good point, good point. So do you blame – well, let me ask the question, and then you'll see why I'm going to say do you blame Dwayne Wade. Do you think – do you feel the Heat's window is closed? I do. As far as the championship. I think it's closed for a few reasons. One, the obvious is Jimmy Butler is – 
going to decline. I mean, he's he's hurt every regular season. He's getting older. Like, you can't expect him to keep up this pace over the next three years. Like, it's damn near impossible. But I think the biggest reason why the window is closed is, one, the guys that we were relying on to be the Robin to his Batman aren't the guys we think they are. Tyler Hero, I like him. He's a nice player, but I don't think he's that guy when it comes to playoff time. I haven't seen it yet. And the biggest reason why our window is closed is because Bam Adebayo is not a superstar. Let me say it again. Bam Adebayo is not a superstar. And you see, I feel like everything he did, not just in this series, but in the playoffs, if if he was a superstar, it would just be automatic. But I'm like, oh, he has 15 and 10. It's like, oh, man, like he really had to work to get that. And I just feel in today's NBA, and you see, I know we talk about this not a fantasy show and like fantasy should reflect real life. But it kind of does sometimes. Like, you look at Bam's deficiencies, they kind of take him out of being an effective playoff player in today's NBA. Can't shoot threes, can't hit free throws. And, like, how does he really get his own shot when it comes to crunch time? Like, it's basically he's Rudy Gobert, but I, I don't think he's as good as a defender as him. Like, that's really what it is. And he might be maybe can pass a little bit, but, I mean – the five assists from Bam Adebayo, like they really don't translate to wins in the playoffs. So those two guys are second and third players in the era of big threes. If that's what we're relying on, plus the aging Jimmy Butler, yeah, the window's closed. Like I think this year was our last shot to do it and we didn't come through and I think it is over and they probably should consider blowing it up or trading one of those two or both of those guys to pick, to have somebody come in to pair with Jimmy Butler why he has these last two or three years at max playing on the elite level. I disagree. The window is still open. A lot of factors in here. Pat Riley, don't forget who your guy at the top is. Pat Riley, Coach Spo. That window is not going to close when they have such a good surrounding cast. You may not believe that, but with Hero Hurt, you know, listen, Hero, Duncan Robinson. Um, oh, don't Stru- even get me started on Duncan like Robinson. Struz. Those guys still need time, J.D. They came on the scene two years ago so hot that you know there was going to be a little regression, but now they can grow. They've been through the playoff battles. Adebayo can grow. He's been through the playoff battles. So all those pieces are in place. And what did your guy, Joel Embiid, text or tweet? He said, yo, Miami needs another star to help Jimmy Butler. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Pat Riley tries to go get an Embiid, tries to go get a Kevin Durant. That's why I say it's not closed when you got Pat Riley in this surrounding cast because he'll either do a package deal with picks or figure out a way to get a Kevin Durant or the next upcoming superstar, whether it's Donovan Mitchell and move Kyle Lowry, and he'll be able to do it somehow stay under the cap or stay under the luxury tax. And guess what? Even if he moves, you know, some of some of the supporting cast and picks, he's bringing in an all-star like a Durant or a Donovan Mitchell. And it's just, let's go at it. Right. Or an Embiid. Like, so even if he has to lose some of the supporting cast, he brings in a superstar. Well, the supporting cast really didn't matter this year because they weren't that good. I don't even think Duncan Robinson played but, the minutes. But, but JT, but JT, let's be honest. If you've got Jimmy Butler with Embiid instead of Adebayo in this supporting cast, they're in the Eastern Conference. They're they're in the NBA Finals. All right. I mean, I I will say the only thing we do agree on it looks in this question is the only way the window stays open is with a trade. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's open because of 
all the other pieces they have. I just, I just feel it's, like it's not like none of those pieces are movable. But I'm, you know, but I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not convinced. That, let's say Donovan Mitchell. I like how you threw that name out there because that's the name that's floating around in the rumor mill right now. But I don't think Donovan Mitchell. If we swap out, let's say Donovan Mitchell for Tyler Hero, I don't think that puts us in the finals. Like Donovan oh, Mitchell got Donovan Mitchell got to show me something too. Like I'm not convinced. You, you don't think. Tyler Hero didn't play at all. If you take out Kyle Lowry and put Donovan Mitchell, the Celtics lose in five or six. I, I forgot about him. We're not going to talk about Kevin right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let, let's move on to the NBA Finals. All right. It started Wednesday or started Thursday night. Um, first thing off the bat, JT, give us one key um, or storyline for each team. For each team. I, I, I can honestly quick. say I was not Make prepared it. for this. Make it so quick. I think for the you Warriors. You came up with the questions. What do you mean you weren't prepared? I, I'm in another world when I come up with those questions. So I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't. even know half the things I write down. So that's why I, I count on you to edit through them and then, you know, form the show. So I do rely that's, on you for that. That's what I'm doing. And you're still not prepared. Yeah. So for the Warriors, I'll say the one storyline for them is probably. Can Clay Thompson be clay thompson in the biggest moment again like we've used to seeing him because i feel like steph curry all the all the you know the highlights going to be on him all the spotlight's going to be on him you know can marcus smart shut him down again like is he going to be good on defense like steph curry is going to be the focal point of the celtics defense and i and i think it's really up to clay thompson to be like all right Steph's going to get majority of the attention. jordan Poole, we don't know what's going to happen with him he hasn't been in this moment before and draymond's not a scorer like that Clay Thompson being Clay Thompson like we used to see in the playoffs where he can score like 30 in a quarter. Like I think that's going to be the biggest storyline. So him returning to form full circle, that's going to be the biggest story for them. And I think for the Celtics, I think it's going to be can Jason Tatum complete the mission and show us he is a true superstar and arrive and get a title. Like it's all him. Like you can talk about the Celtics defense, their coaching. All this, th- all this stuff in that, like, it's Jason Tatum. Because if Jason Tatum don't perform, they're not going to win the championship. So he is the biggest storyline for them. Biggest storyline for Golden State. You said it. You should have stuck with it. Steph Curry. Listen, it's Steph Curry versus Marcus Smart. I keep seeing all this info. Six games that they've played. Marcus Smart covers them. I don't know how many minutes. Steph only 30 points. Shoots around, like, 33%. Like Marcus Smart shutting him down. Listen, JT, Clay Thompson can have great games and everything. He can do it on his own. Jordan Poole will need to step up, of course. But if Curry is on and Marcus Smart can't slow him down and Curry's scoring 35, 38, 40, he's feeling it from long range. Guess what? All those guys are going to eat and it's going to come easy to them because now they need to switch off on Steph, double team, trap him. Guess who's open? Clay. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, like Draymond will be open. Like it'll be lights out. So Marcus Smart versus Steph Curry, that is Golden State's biggest storyline. And on the other side for the Celtics, I've said this before to you, and I'm going to say it again. It is Ime Adoke. All right. So it's him versus Steve Kerr. So it's up to Ime. He's got to be the guy that outcoaches Steve Kerr, he can't get out coached by him. He's going to have to figure out if Curry gets hot, how to stop him, how to slow him down. If the if Golden State goes on a run, when to call the timeout at the right time, 
when to switch defenses, you know, putting a play in off of inbounds or a timeout for offense to, to stop the bleeding because he's gone through some good coaches. I've mentioned this. Coach Spo, two-time NBA champ. Budenholzer of Milwaukee, defending champ. Like, he's gone through tough coaches, and now he kind of has the ultimate one with Steve Kerr, who has three titles. And you may you not really think that. Con- you may I, not I don't have- want to go off on a tangent. Do you, you may- really consider Mike Budweiser a good coach? Wow. I don't call him Budenholzer. I call him Budweiser. You, wow. you consider him an elite coach? Wow. But it doesn't matter, JT. The guy has won, so he has the pedigree. You may not believe that, but he knows how to win. And but we're not going. We're not he, going down this championship rabbit hole again. He, we're not doing that tonight. He may. He may beat him. So he granted no Middleton, but he yeah, figured out a way. To, he figured out a way to win. So All right, cool. Now, who do you have, and in how many games? I feel like I'm going to go with what I did last night. I know everybody looked at me like I was crazy. I thought the Zoom was frozen, but that was just you guys looking at me in disbelief. I'm going to just say Warriors in four, and I'm going to just stick with it. I just feel like they're on a mission. You're still not feeling well from last night. I Listen, I told you this before. You better say it, exactly what you said it yesterday. It pains me. It pains me to say this because I'm rooting for the Warriors, but I think it's the Celtics in seven, JT. They just – defensively they're 32 and 10 since January 10th they haven't lost back-to-back games with Tatum since like January 19th or something something ridiculous it's going to be difficult Golden State's gonna have to play really really well like better than they've played in the finals before no KD to bail them out with with three-point shots and they need to play better than when they won in what 2015 against the Cavs Steph Curry and that supporting cast is going to need to play the way they play during the regular season. Okay. So speaking of the Warriors, you have them winning it all. If they win, should Steph Curry be in the best guard of all time conversation, meaning, as you put it, like top two? I feel like after last night's show, I'm so exhausted about talking about Steph Curry. (laughs) So, I mean – for the sake of our show, I can't I can't allow that fatigue to bleed over. So in my mind, I'm I'm just having this top 10 debate and I'm just like, that's that's where our mind is programmed to go. So we're just talking about guards, right? Guards so, top two. You you put the question in there. Yeah, that's, that's before we went through murderous row of discussions last night. Um I do. I, I think it will put him in top two. And it depends on who that number one guard is. So it could be Jordan, it could be Magic. I think he deserves to be top two, if not two B. Because if you just look at everything Steph Curry's done, he's going to have the rings, he's going to have the dynasty. And it's and it's an impressive dynasty because mo- a lot of dynasties don't go through a rise and a fall and then go back again. So that's what the Warriors are essentially doing. And you just look at the impact that he's had on the game. Like, we talked about this last night and all the time. Like, Steph Curry has changed not just the way the game is played, pros, college, and just, you know, casual everyday basketball, but he's also changed the way teams build their teams with the types of players that they draft, he they, he's also changed how people you know evaluate talent as far as players. So you look at that; he's got the he's got the hardware and he's got the the you know impact on the game. You know, like you look at somebody like Michael Jordan. Like I think Michael Jordan's the greatest winner of all time. But do you think he's had a bigger impact on the game of basketball than Steph Curry? Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, if you yeah. you really break it down, because I feel like Michael Over, Jordan's impact I, no, on the overall, game is winning. Bro, but bro, globally, overall, Nike shoe endorsements. Come on, you can't compare. 
Yeah, I think I don't think it's that far away. LeBron's up there too, but we're talking about guards. That's just my opinion. But yeah, I think he should be two B at worst when we're talking about top guards all time. And plus, well, then that's number three, best three point shooter all time, best shooter of all time. Yeah, he's got to be up there, top two guards. But that would be number three if he's two B. Listen, what to the fans and listeners out there, what JT is referring to the show last night on the goat uh, with Marcus. Um, our 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 guy and also Justin who, who, who is all of a sudden the NBA player by the way six three that, that is the <laughs> biggest the biggest reveal I've ever what? heard on air I'm surprised. Is that somebody goes from like five six to six three when why would you ever think he was five six like why would you ever think anyone's five six until you actually I thought he was definitely I told him that. I thought he was definitely under five ten and then come to find out he's six three that's disrespectful anyway also on that show was Justin from hashtag this Justin so it was a great show awesome check it show. out check out both of those guys but this question's a little different because we're talking about top two JT I will say this Steph, if he wins, if the Warriors win, he will be one of only seven guys in NBA history to win four titles in two league MVPs. I wish we had that stat last night. Now, also, the two guards on that list, though, two of the seven, so Steph would be the third guard, are MJ and Magic. And right now, I still can't put Steph above Magic or MJ. Not yet. Can't do it. Just because those two guys we talk about, I mean, just phenomenal. Magic at one point had the assist record. MJ, we know, is MJ. Neither of those guys can shoot like Steph, but they were probably They're better. They're just different players, players, yeah. Right, and that's the thing. So when it comes down to it, it may be a preference thing, but those two guys are probably still better winners as well than Steph right now in terms of just totally leading a team and putting a team on their back. But Steph's not – as far as people think, but because I have them in the top 10, like you said, like you do, but I don't have them quite in the top two of guards. You know, here's the thing. Do you do you have him? Let's say let's say he wins this this series and he gets finals MVP. Do you think he's good enough for two B territory? Two B to me is still third. Because I think no, because I think two to A and B in that conversation is like it is a personal preference at that point. Like, oh, here's the thing. Is, is he completely separating himself from Kobe? I guess that would be the, the question. If he wins this and he wins finals MVP, is he clearly above Kobe? Wow. That's a tough Because that's 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 the next tier down from yeah. Jordan to Magic is Kobe. Right, right. Kobe's right there. Kobe's. I would say yes. Right. I would say he's clearly over Kobe. See, I don't like using the word clearly. If you just want to say that you think he's over Kobe. He's like, I he can, just cleared the hurdle. I, you don't want to make it seem yeah, like it's a, it's a Exactly. Distance. I can live with that. I'll listen to your argument. But to say clearly over Kobe, ooh, I don't know, man. That's, I'm, I'm not going to get stretch. into this conversation about stretch. Kobe because I feel like we tried to have this conversation off air a couple of years ago. And you got you and Mikey Mike flame me about this when we were talking about impact. But we'll say that we'll say that for another day. Like maybe when they come back on, we'll have that conversation well, actually or, on wax. Or maybe let's see if Steph wins first. Then there's yeah, let's, the let's see what happens. Yeah. All let's, right. Let's see what happens. He's two B for B two B at worst if if he wins this this next championship. He's he's probably Steph is probably still number yeah, he's still number four for me behind Kobe oh, as he, well. He ain't he's not gonna diss Kobe. So let's get into one of JT's favorite topics now or segments, hot or not. So 
JT, how it works. I'll read you a, a take, basically, from either something you saw online or a player said this, a coach, someone in the media, or, or, even, followers. or a comment <laughs> or a comment on our IG page so or on a post of ours. So you tell me if you agree with it and you think there's some legs to it, you say it's a hot take. You say hot. If you say uh, it's a bunch of BS, they're just trying to get clicks, then you say it's not. Got it? All right. I got it. That's All the right. best explanation I think you've done of this segment. Bro, you nah, say I'm that every time now, man. I'm impressed. You say, I'm you impressed. say that every it time. Gets, you, you know what? I'm rewarding your progress. You should be thanking me. <laughs> My hard work. Thanks. All right. So the first one deals with your Miami Dolphins, JT. Tyreek Hill. I don't know if you saw this, but Tyreek Hill, all right, was quoted as saying he, that, one, he has high praise for accuracy of Tua in that it's one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. So is it a hot take or not that quote by Tyreek? So am I supposed to answer that Tyreek saying Tua has the prettiest balls he's ever seen is hot or not? Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm going to say not. I, I was called cap on that. Like you just would play with Patrick Mahomes, so I'm pretty sure is a more dynamic passer than Tua will ever be at any level. Like I'm pretty sure in Pop Warner, Patrick Mahomes was out there throwing a prettier ball than, than uh, Tua ever did. So I think it's just Tyreek doing the, you know, the teammate speak, hyping up his guy. You know, two is getting bashed in the media every time he drops back in practice. And this is just him having his teammates back. But to say that, oh, all of a sudden I've been here for two months and two is a better passer than Patrick Mahomes, that's bullshit. That is not true. See, I think this is a hot take because you took it out of context and you twisted his words. He didn't say better passer, hardest thrower, throws the furthest. He said prettiest ball. So he may be running down the sideline and just like a feather just falls in his hands. Beautiful arc spiral. Like you're just, you're missing the whole quote. That's a hot take. Good job, Tyreek. Way to be with your teammate. Next one, JT. The let's go to the new England Patriots. New York post says that Patriot players. And I quote here, really worried end quote about offense with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge at the helm. Is that a hot take or not? That's a hot take. That's on fire. They should be worried. Look at the guy, Look where those guys were before they came back to the Patriots. Matt Patricia coaching probably the worst dynasty ever with the Lions, only to be flanked by a guy who probably would be 1B of the worst dynasty in the past 10 years of coaching, Joe Judge with the Giants. So these guys were all-time bad at their, at their head coaching positions. They come back to New England. I'm all of a sudden supposed to think that, oh, this is going to be 2007 Tom Brady. Like, nah, hell yeah, I'd be worried. They don't know what they're doing. Like, just look at the offenses in Detroit and with the Giants when those guys were at the helm. I'd be nervous as hell. I'd be asking for a trade. Hell yeah, this is a hot take. Listen, they've continued to bring in offensive weapons. They got Mac Jones second year. He's going to progress. JT, answer this question. Is Bill Belichick still the coach? Yep. All right. Not a hot. It's not a take. Next, next one. Let's talk Brooklyn Nets here. There's rumors, not rumors. It's a fact right now that the Nets have not signed Kyrie to a 
a max or super max or a long-term deal at this point. And there's reports that KD has not been in touch with the team since the playoffs have ended, since their season has ended. So, JT, is the next dynasty – or the quotes, take is – In quotes. The take is, in quotes, the next dynasty is over. Yeah, hot or it's not? Hot. It's hot. It's over. And I think it's over because Nets management has finally realized there's no way we can trust Kyrie Irving. And because they can't trust Kyrie – that probably means negotiating with KD is going to be more difficult because they don't because they're not getting along with those two guys. So yeah, I think those two guys are definitely looking for a way out silently, probably over the next couple of years, and the Nets know it. So yeah, that dynasty is officially over. JT, there was never a dynasty to begin with. You gotta, you gotta you gotta win something. It's not a real dynasty. You gotta win something, man. You Bro. gotta. You gotta win we something. Gotta, we gotta we gotta work on your your comedic cerebralness. Like it's just not there. I need you to step it up. It's it's just it's there. It's there. You just people just I, I, I just they don't get it. You can't hear it. You can't hear Jimmy. I can't hear you. Can't hear Jimmy. I can't hear Jimmy. All right. <laughs> Listen, there was never one to begin with. I mean, you if even if you want to put it in quotes, that doesn't even deserve a quote. I All put right? it in quotes it, as a dig. But it doesn't even deserve to be in That's quotes. A joke. Listen, it's not because there was never one. All right. So you spoke about Patrick Mahomes earlier. Let's talk about his OC, Eric Bieniemy, and how he's not been getting head coaching jobs. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, Shady McCoy, was on I Am Athlete um, podcast, and he is quoted as saying, so I'll read some of the quote here, JT, and then we'll get into the actual take of it, right? That basically he doesn't get head coaching jobs because of the way, here's the quote, some players, he talks to them a certain way and some players will take it. I wouldn't take it. So basically he's, he was quoted as saying that. And so here it is, that. He is not getting head coaching jobs because players don't like him. Hot or not? Not. <laughs> like, do we even have to talk about this? So you, you're saying you wanted to talk about so, it. So, 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 about so it. old Shady McCoy is mad that Eric Bieniemy didn't treat him like a superstar when he didn't even suit up most of the time. So, they didn't allow him to. Because eh, he probably wasn't good enough. He's old. But I'll tell you what. You know who else does that? Jimmy Johnson. Certain players get treated certain ways. And we talk about this all the time. If you're a superstar and you fall asleep in the meeting, I tap you on the shoulder, tell you to wake up. If you're Shady McCoy in his 40s trying to play, however the wow. hell old he was, the disrespect. <laughs> you're getting cut or you're, you're not You're just playing. doing this because Shady McCoy's played at Pitt. You can't stand it. Whatever. Yeah, he's supposed go to go ahead. to Miami, by the way. Go ahead, see? But yeah. no, like every coach does this. Nick Saban does this. If you're a star, I treat you a certain way. If you're not, I don't. And if you want to be treated like a star, become a star. Like if you really want to see how players feel about Eric Bieniemy, ask Patrick Mahomes, ask Travis Kelsey, ask Tyreek Hill. I guarantee you their versions of Eric Bieniemy and how they feel about him is different than what Shady is saying. I just think Shady is salty. Yeah, this is not a take because, JT, refresh my memory. Urban Meyer got hired as a head coach, right? Definitely did. Yeah. I bet you, you go ask a lot of players in college that he coached. They didn't like him. They probably still don't like the way he treated them. And guess what? He got a job. So, sorry, 
Sorry, Shady McCoy. Yeah, sorry, not- Shady. It's 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 not because he's mean. And I want to point out something else in that interview. He said um, he basically was insinuating that he's he's not being denied head coaching jobs because of his race. It's strictly because he's not a good dude and he treats players like shit, which right. I disagree with. Right. Right. You're you're right with with exactly what he was trying to say. So that's why it is not a hot take. All right, so last one, JT, of the hot or not. I don't even know what this last one is, to be honest. With yeah, you do, because you've been waiting to talk about this. I you really don't love you love fantasy football, and you've been waiting to talk about this. So last week, Tommy Pham and Doc oh. Peterson had a little bit of a run-in, and Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson pregame. All right, pregame, it comes out that it was over. Fantasy football. There was uh, an unwritten rule in the league that you can't stash guys on IR. Mike Trout's the commissioner. He didn't enforce it. Jock was hiding guys and stashing guys on IR. Fam didn't like it. I don't know if it cost him money, but he slapped Jock Peterson. So the quote here is, this this quote I think comes from JT. So he's going to say this is a hot take. If the fight is over fantasy football, that it's worth it. That's the quote. I, I think that came from JT. Hell yeah, that's a hot take. And you know why <laughs> it is? I knew it. You know why? And you know what's funny? I didn't know that that's what they were fighting over, uh, stashing players in the IR. I didn't know that was the issue. So I will say this. That makes this answer even better. So this guy that I'm talking to, Donato, Donato Bucci is the Oh, Whoa, whoa, the Don. It's the Don on this show. I'm saying your full name so they get the scope of what I'm about to say. This is the most nonviolent person on the planet. And I promise you, if there was anything that would make him violent, it is me stashing players in the IR that don't belong there simply to manipulate roster construction. And you know how I know? He will text me about this 24-7 if he catches me doing it in any sport. Basketball, football, baseball, he will text me about this. And the fact that he does that and watches, and I know he would fight me over this, I know the fight between those two guys was worth it, and that's why any fight over fantasy football is okay. No, this is not a take. Violence and fighting is never worth it. It's never the answer. And come on, this is just fantasy football. There's a reason why it's called fantasy, right? You should be having fun. You you know, you should be enjoying it. In terms of playing with whoever's he, in the league, he's trying. He's trying right? to give you. He's trying to give you this bullshit explanation about no. peace and world peace. Yes. I'm telling you right now, if me stashing players at an IR cost him a playoff spot or it cost him a championship, he would never let me hear the end of it. But there is no way I would cross that line the next time I see you. That well, that's I would different. Slap that's you. different. I, 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 well, that's, that's what I'm me. saying. But it's not would, worth but, fighting. But, but, it, but if it was somebody other than me, you no. You might, I, what are you no no violent you might try to fight me you might try to fight me. no i wouldn't yeah you oh man this is defamatory man this is this is unbelievable what i'm going through take me to court now oh whoa whoa let's not go there so well listen that's better than fighting though i would never fight violence is never the answer knowing you in this particular situation you probably do both wow wow violence is never the answer jt never the answer fantasy football so jt that's all we got for this show tonight. Nice. So, wow. So you're basically saying. No, nice. Hey, I mean, I, I felt like there was, there, there should have been more questions, but hey, look, that's why he's an excellent moderator. You see how he just breezes through everything? 
maybe I should just start at asking all the questions. You should and, ask all the questions, and I'll just answer them like Colin Coward to myself. There you we go. You could be Joy hey, Taylor. Hey, you're going to be wrong every time. Just, all right. Just again, like tonight, you're going to be wrong with your opinion. So, JT, though, great episode. That was fun. All right. We'll have more of the NBA Finals talk, I'm sure, coming up in future episodes. And we'll have some guests coming up this summer as it is the start of June and the warmer weather, at least here in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic. So, JT, as always, man, great show. And to the fans and listeners out there, thank you, as always, for listening to us. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media, our handle at JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, until the next episode, see you. Peace.